to us, brother, in the name of Jesus. Lord, thank you, Lord. Why don't we go ahead and let that flow for a moment? He really is in this place. He is wonderful. He's beautiful. He's matchless in every way. God, I thank you that you're here, Lord. I thank you that your presence is in this place. We would not be where we are. We would not feel what we do if you're not here. I thank you, Lord. We worship you, God. You're mighty. You're powerful. You're glorious. You're wonderful. Blessed is your name forever and ever. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Why don't we lean into the presence of the Lord right now? Lean into the presence of the Lord. Lord, I want more. I'm hungry for more. Yeah. That's it. Let that hunger come out all over this place. This is beautiful what's happening here. There are people that just want more of God. We're not perfect, but we're hungry. We don't have everything together, but we want more of him. Oh, let that stirring come in. Let that stirring come in. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Jesus is in this place. It's so wonderful, so wonderful. Thank you, Lord. I have found that don't hold back is a great option to have. There are, it, it's illegal in sports for a team to hold back. It's illegal in a lot of things to hold back. And it should be illegal in the church to hold back. We should be able to give God everything, no reserves. God, you've given everything to us, and God, I'm going to give you everything I have in my focus, in my worship, in my praise, in my honor, and everything. God, I'm going to give it to you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You can go ahead and be seated. It's great to have everybody here. Just want to uh, make you aware of a few things, which... This is Celebration Sunday. It's uh, Sunday, the first Sunday of the month, and so that means that all the campuses are meeting in Bellevue. If you're able to make it, they're going to have a, a fiery uh, young man preach tonight, and it's going to be powerful. And then next Sunday morning, we have our own Brother Cade here ministering to us. It's going to be great. Woo-woo! It's, it's, it's been a minute since you've been preaching to us, and so it's, it's been quite a while. I'm excited to see what God's going to do. And then, of course, everybody here, and I'm excited, of course, about potluck, because it has been, it's been six, seven months, maybe eight, eight months, it's nine, ten, no, <laughs> people are like, yeah, no, you're getting up there. But uh, I just, I'm so thankful for the presence of God and, and the people of God. And uh, if, you, if you weren't able to, we, we just got done with, I didn't expect it to go six weeks, but six-week series on um, pleasing the king and holiness lifestyle. If you need to get a hold of that teaching, it's on Facebook. There's a playlist, but also if you need the CDs or something, we can work out something for you on that. But I encourage you, it's, it's about pleasing the Lord. It's not all about rules and regulations, but it's about what can I do to please God? What can I do? I don't want to do the minimum. I want to do whatever I can. I, I'm married to my beautiful wife right here, and I don't want to do the minimum to just be married. I want to do what I can to please her and everything, and that's what we should be with the Lord, definitely. Because we are the bride of Christ. We are the bride of Christ. Let's go into this. Uh, preaching about different things. And I, I know we got a lot of people here, a lot of business people. And uh, have you ever had a deposit 
you knew was coming, and you kept checking your bank account. Oh, it's coming. You know, payday's coming. Sometimes people are paid every two weeks, and so you keep checking. Is it there yet? And uh, we're learning this, but we just did our tax refund direct deposit. And so you better believe that every day you're just kind of popping in. Is it, is it there yet? And uh, all of a sudden, one day you pop in, you're like, you see it like, oh, well, praise God. It says tax refund on that. And you look at it and you're like, oh, thank you, Jesus. But you look down, and there's a little word that says pending. And that's a little bit disheartening, too, because you got your deposit, but it hasn't fully come yet. It's, it's there, but it's not fully there yet. It's the same thing with working a job and, and getting paid half upon completion, where you're like, well, I need the other half. I mean, I've done the job. I need the other half. We deal a lot with this with painting and people. It's amazing. Like, when you get done with a the job, they are shocked they have to pay. They're like, well, all right, we're done. We're like, oh, uh, do we have to pay you now? No, you can pay us about, about two years. That's what we think. We go on a two-year rotation. It's, 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 just, it's just different. You want it right then. It's... It's, it's time to pay up. It's, it's, it's come. It needs to fully come. And the same thing happens when you're, um, you're having a baby. It's exciting. You go and have the ultra, ultrasound, and you find out that you're pregnant, or at least your wife is. And you can uh, feel the baby kick. And it's exciting. Now, the, the baby's there, but we can say that the baby fully hasn't come yet. Now, I, I am pro-life. I believe that every Christian is pro-life. And we understand that every life is precious. And the baby is right there, but it's not fully there yet. You can't hold it in your arms. My wife would say, I can't wait to meet the babies. I can't wait to meet the babies. Well, you can feel the babies kicking on your kidney all the time. They're there, but they haven't fully come. It's a promise, but it's not fully there yet. And there are promises that are upon our life, promises that God has for us, plans that God has for us, and we can see clips of them. We can feel the kick of them, the brush of them, but we can't seem to grasp them because they're coming, but it's not complete. And so I, I, I want to preach a very simple message, but I believe a very powerful message that God has for this church. It's fully come, fully come. So if we would, I would like us to pray that God would open up our heart and our mind for the word. Let's go ahead and pray. Jesus, I thank you for your word. It is powerful and it will not return void. But God, I pray everybody's hearts and minds will be open to receive that powerful word. God, help us not to just be satisfied where we are. God, to be satisfied for what we've seen. But God, help us to want more, desire more, want everything that you have for us. God, help us to have the desire for more, the hunger for more. I want things not to just be there, but I want them to be fully complete, fully fulfilled, and everybody's life and everybody's heart and everybody's mind for this church in Jesus name and we clap our hands to the Lord so fully come fully come is to accomplish it means to complete it's a process that has started but the process is still going on it's it, there's a process that's going but there's there's some more things that need to be done. It's like charging your phone and you can see that it's charging, but it hasn't hit that 100% yet. If you ever woke up in the morning and realized you forgot to plug your phone in, you're like, oh no, it's going to be a bad day. At least that's the way the, young, the younger people feel. And I'm pointing myself younger and I'm 34, probably 
these, these younger, younger people. But it's a process. It, it, it fully come does not just happen, though. It does not just happen. It doesn't happen until there is commitment made for it to happen. To get involved, I love this, this uh, quote. It says, you must get involved to have an impact. No one is impressed with the win-loss record of a referee. To get involved, you have to have an impact. You gotta, gotta make an impact, so you gotta be involved. The ref is just on the sidelines, he's just calling the game. No one really cares about well, how many games have you ref that's won, and how many games have you ref that lost. No one cares about that. What they do ask is those that are involved, how many have you won, and how many have you lost. It's, it's when teams show up to the Super Bowl or to the finals, they don't say, you know what, guys? We need to really commit to this thing now. You know, I know we've been just kind of laxing and hoping it happens. And guess what? We showed up at the Super Bowl. So we all need to commit now to our workout regiments, to our diet. That doesn't happen. What happens is when they were young kids, they said, I'm going to fully commit to this. Everything that I have, everything that I am. And so in talking uh, uh, and looking in the word of God, it's not about having everything together. It's not really about having everything together. It's just a, a commitment that makes it possible. So God has plans, but they're not fully come yet. Let's go to the word of God. Let's go to Genesis 15. It says now in the, and he said unto Abram, know assuredly that thy seed shall be a stranger and a land that is not theirs and shall serve them and they shall afflict them 400 years. Everyone say 400 years. Now, this is talking to Abraham, and he's talking about his seed, which is the Israelites. And we know this 400 years is talking about when they would go and serve in Egypt, 400 years. But as they go down to Egypt, all of a sudden, 400 years come and go. And then 401 years come, 402, 410, 418, and nothing's changing and I'm sure these people who knew the word of God are looking and they're saying, why isn't nothing changing? God had a plan. He said, hey, you're only supposed to be here and afflicted 400 years. But if we're counting the calendar right and marking off the days and the years, we've been here a lot longer than 400. Let's go to Exodus 20, uh, 12 and 40. Exodus 12 and 40. Now the sojourning of the children of Israel who dwelt in Egypt was 430 years. Next scripture, and it came to pass at the end of 430 years. They were only supposed to be there 400, but they stayed 430. Now why? It was not God's will for them to be there 30 more years. It wasn't. God said, you're only supposed to be there 400. But God does not intervene until we want him to. And this is a very key point in a Christian's life. We say, well, God, don't you care? God does care. But he will not intervene until we start wanting it to happen. Until we say, okay, I care enough to pray. I care enough to fast. I care enough to call my child's name out before the Lord. I care enough to say, God, I'm sick of this predicament. God, I want a change. So God, help me. And so we see this in Exodus chapter 2 and verse 23. And it came to pass in the process of time that the king of Egypt died and the children of Israel sighed by reason of the bondage. This is year 430 now. And they cried 
And their cry came up unto God by reason of the bondage. And God heard their groaning. And, the Lord, and God remembered his covenant with Abraham and with Isaac and with Jacob. And God looked upon the children of Israel. And God had respect unto them. So the people had to fully commit to being tired of what they were going through and start reaching after a change. That's when everything began to shift in the spirit realm. That's when everything began to happen. That's when the word of God began to come alive and that promise is when the people of God said, you know what? It's 430 and things ain't changing. I was hoping it was going to be a, a political shift, but it wasn't. And if you're waiting for the election or something of that nature, it's not your hope. It's not in some political party. It's not Republican. It's not Democrat. Our hope is in the Lord. Our hope is in everything that he has for us. That is what's going to make it because the, the word of God says he puts up a king and he sets down a king. God's in control of this thing. I know we look around and say, God, it, it's scary sometimes. And God, I don't understand. But God has everything in control. And it isn't until some people that say, you know what? I'm sick of what I'm going through. I'm sick of what I'm fighting. I'm sick of the devil keep hitting me and hitting me and I'm not swinging back. It's when a people that says I'm tired of them fighting my family and I'm tired of always struggling financially. I'm tired of always dealing with addictions. It's when people say, you know what? I'm sick. I need a change. That's when things change. It's when things change when say people, I need help, God. I need help, God. I can't do this of my own ability and my own talents. I'm not strong enough in my flesh, but I need you. And so now the people of God, they start crying out 30 years after they were supposed to be there. But you know what? God already had a deliverer in the wilderness walking. He had been there already. He was already developing. God was already working on him. And he was there, that deliverer was out there walking when a people were in bondage when they shouldn't have been. That deliverer was out there walking in the wilderness, watching the sheep, being out there wondering, I got a purpose, I got a plan, but I'm just waiting for a word from God. I feel a call and a burden, but I'm just waiting for a word of God. And, and there was somebody on the other side that just says, you know what? I'm sick of being here. Are you sick of being here? Yeah, yeah, we've been here long enough. We've been here for 30 years longer than we were. Let's start crying out to God. Let's start reaching out to God. And it was the next chapter. That was in chapter 2, verse 25. It wasn't four verses later, five verses later, that you get to chapter 3. And in the first couple of verses, all of a sudden, Moses is out walking in a wilderness, and a burning bush begins to burn in front of him. The deliverer was already there, but he was just waiting on somebody that was sick of the predicament, and that was sick of dealing with all they should have. And your deliverer is out there. Your answer to the prayer is out there. But we have got to say, God, I'm sick enough to pray. I'm tired of this thing enough to reach for it. I want to get out of myself and what you've got for me. Oh, that deliverer was there. You answer the prayer. It is out there. It is out there. That Moses, I'm sure he was just out there. What am I doing? I, I was trying to deliver the people, but it wasn't God's time yet. But now he wasn't waiting on God anymore. He was waiting on somebody to say, you know what? I want to change. I want this. This promise, I want this thing to fully come. We had a promise for 400 years, and guess what? It's come, but it hasn't fully come. It's not all the way there. It's somebody that is committed, fully committed, that then the promise can fully come. It isn't someone 
It isn't happening until someone is fully committed. The story of the great opera singer, the tenor, Pavarotti. I uh, wish I could sing, but I know, I know, I think one song he sings like, Rosita. I think I'm doing the sounds more than the words. Rosita. I know you guys are being very kind. <laughs> that, that sounds like I'm yawning with sound. Oh, such a great singer. Incredible vocal uh, control. But he said the story of him, and he says, when I was a boy, my father was a baker, and he introduced me to the wonders of song. And he said he urged me to work very hard to develop my voice, and he, he became very, uh, very good, and he got a professional uh, tutor to tutor him in Italy, and he took him as, as a pupil. And as he enrolled in learning about singing, he also enrolled in learning about teaching. And when he graduated, he was at a crossroads. He's like, I love, I love to teach. I want to teach, but also I, I, want to, I want to sing. And he talked to his father, and his father said, son, if you try to sit on two chairs, you will fall in between them. For life, you must choose one chair. He said, I chose one. It took seven years of study and frustration before I made my first professional appearance. It took another seven years to reach the Metropolitan Opera. And now I think whether it's laying bricks, writing a book, whatever we choose, we should give ourselves to it. Commitment, that is the key. And that is the key for a child of God, is commitment. It's not half-hearted, it's not just testing the waters, and I'll just see how this happens and how this works, no. For somebody to really have something in God, they have to be fully committed. They have to be fully committed. If you want a strong family, it will not happen by passive living. If you want a strong marriage, it does not just materialize. If we want a strong church, it just doesn't happen and say, oh, let's just show up to church. Oh, we just got here. We're running late, but we're here. And, and I'm, there's nothing wrong with running late. I've run late a couple times too. But if it's a habit, then there's a priority issue. Now, just let me pastor a little bit. But there's a priority issue if we're always running late. It's a priority issue. It's, it's, it's tight, but it's right. But if we want something strong, we've got to commit to it. It doesn't happen by just wishing, I hope this happens. I hope I have a good family. I hope my kids do okay. I hope my finances are all right. No, it takes somebody that is fully committed and saying, this is going to happen. I'm going to do whatever I can. I'm going to read the books. I'm going to talk to counsel. The Bible talks about that. I'm going to pray. I'm going to do all that I can. But it takes somebody that's saying, I am going to do this fully. I am fully committed. And to have an impact, you cannot have an impact without being fully committed. Every person that we know have given themselves to this world have became popular because they give everything to themselves there is a singer that I read about that 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 would uh, they said if you if you just start talking and stuff your voice is gonna be shredded and you cannot sing like you want to so what she would do she committed herself to this that she worked out a code with people that when they would call and talk to her this is before texting she would tap on the phone for yes and no questions and they kind of worked out a little code and they would say how are you doing today you, you're feeling good and she would tap one time for yes and uh, are you going to come meet with us later and 
two times for no. She, because why? She was fully committed. She wasn't just playing around. She was like, no, if I'm going to be great at something, I've got to commit everything I am. I don't care what people think about me. I don't care how they look at me and talk about me. What, you ain't going to talk in the... No, I've got something greater than just what everybody else is doing. And the people of God, we've got something greater. Just to, just to give it a little bit. No, we've got to say, I'm giving to this everything. Everything I am, my time, my talent, my treasure. I'm going to give it all to you, God. Oh, you got to make an impact. The only way to make an impact is to be committed. That's the only way. Joshua made an impact. Joshua, referred to in the Old and New Testament all throughout. We know Joshua. He was such a key role in the scriptures. Joshua 24 and 14. Now, therefore, fear the Lord. He's talking to the Israelites, and they have been perfect, and they've messed up, and they've squandered. And so he starts talking to these people, and he's saying, serve him in sincerity and truth. Put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt, and serve ye the Lord. If it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, he says, you know what? Here's the ultimatum. Choose you. This day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your father served that were the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites, you got a choice. But stop playing half and half. Stop being half committed here and half committed here. He said, but you know what? He said, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. This man went all in. He's like, you know what? You can do whatever you else want to do. But as for me and my house, the ones that I'm responsible for, the ones that I love, the ones that I want to see grow on and do greater things, I will serve the Lord. And Joshua made a full commitment that day. And he stood. And because of that man that was willing to be fully committed, the people said, we will serve the Lord. We will serve the Lord. We want your family to be safe. Step up into the line and say, you know what? I'm fully this. I know I used to meander around. I know I used to play around and this and that and dabble and go to church and be a different person. But guess what? You got a new daddy. Guess what? You got a new mama. You got somebody that's saying, I'm in this all the way. Every bit of me, all that I am. Oh, if you want that, would you lift your hands, lift your voice. Woo! You can do it. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. You can be fully committed. God can work on your heart. God can work on your mind. Fully committed. Fully committed. Uh, I feel not to stop for a moment. I know we just felt a little lurch back, but I'm asking to just engage for another moment. Jesus, name, help our mind and our heart. God, help us to be fully committed to your word, fully committed to your plan. I want it to come to pass in this church. I want it to come to pass in this family. I want it to come to pass in the people. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. So back to Moses now. So he is, he is fully committed. He's got that burning bush, and he's like, you know what? I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm coming, Israelites. I'm coming. You've been there 430 years, and there's a deliverer on its way. So Moses comes, and nine of the plagues hit Egypt. And he says, let my people go. And the Pharaoh says, no. I will not let your people go. And so finally, it's time for that last and final plague. And this plague was like no other. It was the plague of the death angel. And that, that angel would go over all of Egypt and would hit everybody, Israelites and Egyptians. Don't matter who you were, it would hit man and beast. And the firstborn would die unless you had the blood applied to your home. 
And that's too good to stop, though. You need the blood applied to your home. You need the blood of Jesus applied. I pray that on this church, and I pray it on the people, and I pray it in my home. God, I plead your blood upon the people. I plead your blood upon my family. I want the protection of the Lord. I want the favor of the Lord. And so when the death angel came over Egypt, it didn't matter if he was Egyptian or Israelite. If they did not have that blood applied to the house, the firstborn would die. But if they did have that blood applied, it would skip over. So that is the Passover. So now they, they go out of Egypt and they travel through the wilderness and they come to Mount Sinai about 50 days after the Passover. And this is a very, very special moment in the people of God's life because God brought them out of Egypt. It's that, that repentance, talking about Egypt and sin, repented. God brought them through the Red Sea, but he had something greater for them, that, that, that Red Sea, that baptism. And uh, they have their first Pentecost. And Pentecost has a very deep meaning. It means 50th. That's about it. Pentecost, 50th, 50th day. That's about it. And what this is is saying it's 50 days after the Passover. And I know we're doing a little bit of a history lesson, but it's important because it was 50 days after the Passover that now Moses is up on Mount Sinai and God says, I want to do something special for the people. I'm going to reveal myself in such a powerful way before the people. So let's go to Exodus 19 and 3. And Moses went up unto God, and the Lord called him out to the mountain and saying, Thus shalt thou say to the house of Jacob, and tell the children of Israel, Ye have seen what I did unto the Egyptians, and how I bare you on eagles' wings, and brought you unto myself. Now therefore, if you will obey my voice indeed, and keep my covenant, talking about being fully committed, then ye shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all the people, for all the earth is mine. And ye shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. Holiness series we just talked about. These are the words that thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel. So God talks to Moses and says, I'm about to change the people forever. They're going to be a peculiar treasure. They're going to be a kingdom of priests, a holy nation. And so and let's go to verse 16 of chapter 19 now. And it came to pass on the third day in the morning that there were thunders and lightnings and a thick cloud upon the mount and the voice of a trumpet exceeding loud so that all the people that was in the camp trembled. And Moses brought forth the people out of the camp to meet with God. Moses said, come on. I know, I know it's, it's shaking, that mountain's moving, but come on, I, I want you to get closer to God. I'm, I, there's a, something special that God's wanting to do in your life. And, uh, and they stood on the neither pound, uh, part of, mount, of the mount. And Mount Sinai was altogether on a smoke because the Lord descended upon it in fire. And the smoke thereof ascended as a smoke of a furnace. And the whole mount shaked greatly, quaked greatly. And there was a great voice of the trumpet sounded long and waxed louder and louder. And Moses spake and God answered him by voice. This is an incredible moment happening right now. The people are watching this massive mountain, and it's shaking, and it's moving, and it's on fire, and, it's, and there's a smoke, and everything's happening. I'm sure there was a mighty wind just breezing through there, and, and the people get scared, probably like a lot of us would too. You see a big old mountain, you're like, that's solid, and all of a sudden, let's go home. <laughs> but let's go to verse number 18 of chapter 20 now. And all the people saw the thunderings and the lightnings and the noise of the trumpet and the mountain smoking. And when the people saw it, they removed and they stood afar off. And they said unto Moses, speak thou with us and we will hear. But let not God speak with us lest we die 
And Moses said unto the people, fear not, for God has come to prove you that you may fear before your faces and that you sin not. Moses is trying to, hey, this is something powerful God's doing. God's wanting to take us into a greater place. And the next verse says, and the people stood afar off. And Moses drew near to the, the, the uh, place where God was. So the people withdrew. But I love how God still works with his people. Now, Moses goes up. He gives them the, the, the Ten Commandments. And much more than the Ten Commandments, there's a whole uh, chapters on just the law and how they should conduct their lives and everything they can do. But God still works with his people because he's merciful. And I'm so thankful that even when we mess up and even when we're supposed to go forward and we take a step back, God's still able to work with you. God's merciful. And so it doesn't matter how much you've messed up. If we're willing to just say, okay, God, I'm sorry about all that. God, forgive me. And God, I'm willing to step forward. I'm willing to move forward. I'm willing to fully come. I'm willing to fully commit. God will work with his people. Amen. So now we get to the New Testament. And the people of God, Israelites, have celebrated Pentecost for years. Pentecost was a holiday. There was no work to be done. School was out. The shops were closed. And it was a joyous time. Like, like any time when you were little and school was out, it was a joyous time. It was also a pilgrimage festival. That meant that according to the Jewish law, every adult male, every adult male would come from wherever they were to go into Jerusalem and personally be in attendance for this celebration. So they had been celebrating this for many, many years. And in the festival, I'm sure they were eating together, they were talking, and I'm sure they, the kids were there. And tell us about why, why are we having Pentecost? I know it's 50 days after the, the Passover, but why are we having it? And they began to talk about, well, there was a time, there was a time little, I don't know, give me a Jewish name. Theodore, is that a, that a Jewish name? Jebediah, that's close enough. <laughs> <laughs> Jebediah, we're going to stay with Jebediah. Jebediah, let me tell you about the time that God came and visited our people on Mount Sinai. It was powerful. There was the fire of God that came down. That mountain, that massive mountain began to shake and begin to move. And, and, and God began to speak louder and louder. And it was almost deafening. And the people held their ears. And it was just an incredible time. And then, no doubt along the story, though, that what happened? What happened, Dad? What happened, Mom? Well, we were supposed to step forward, but we took a step back. It was, it was frightful. We didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't have everything in line. I didn't know the next step to do as for what it was going to come about. And so I just took a step back. And this went on and repeated itself year after year. And Pentecost was great, but it wasn't fully come yet. Pentecost was powerful, but it wasn't fully come yet. And God has always got more for his people. The Bible says, greater things than these shall ye do. This is Jesus talking to his disciples and his people. He's saying, you think this is great what I'm doing on earth. Greater things than these shall ye do. And I've come not to give just life, but life more abundantly. God's got greater things. What you got is life is good. And what you see right now and these miracles that you've been doing are equal to me. But greater things than these shall ye do. And I've got things that have come, but there are things that are not fully come yet. There are some things that are going to be better than anything you're seeing right now. And so now with Jesus on the scene, God manifested in the flesh. He comes with a purpose to fulfill. And they're looking at the Messiah and they're thinking, okay, he's going to come to get rid of the law. That law that was established on Mount Sinai, that, that, that day of Pentecost when that law was enacted, he's going to get rid of it. But Matthew 5 and 17, Jesus speaks a different word. Think not that I've come to destroy the law, 
or the prophets. I am not come to destroy but to fulfill. There were things that were done on Mount Sinai that were not fully accomplished. But I've come so all the things that God had planned is going to be fulfilled in his people. Everything that happened. So you got Jesus being fully committed to a purpose so something would fully come. You see right here in this, this, this word fully commit, it's one word. In the Greek, it's all, the other time that it's mentioned is in Luke 9 and 51. It says, when it came to pass, when the time was come, the time was come, as you can translate it also, is when it was fully come, that he should be received up. This is saying that when it came time for Jesus to be crucified, his purpose on earth, his purpose for coming was so that we could have something greater, so that we can have our sins wiped away, that there can be a greater purpose. Do you have that other version? That's okay. Another version says, and when the time drew near for him to be received up again into heaven, he proceeded with fixed purpose toward Jerusalem. He was going somewhere and all of a sudden he felt the pull of God, the heartbeat of God and said, you know what? It's time now. It's time now. And he said he turned toward Jerusalem and with fixed purpose began to head in a direction so something could fully come. He gave himself with everything so something could fully come. So now on the, the Passover feast is when Jesus was crucified. The Passover feast is when he died and was buried and he rose again three days later with such power. But now 50 days after the Passover, Pentecost comes around and now Pentecost can fully come. It's in Acts chapter 2 and verse 1. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, that 50th day after the Passover, that 50th day after that feast, that 50th day when the law was given and God came down in such a powerful way and instead of his people taking a step forward, they took a step back. This is saying, you know what? Now everything can fully come. Everything can fully be accomplished. Now the day of Pentecost can be fully complete. Go to verse 2. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire. And it sat upon each of them. The power of God began to fill that place. And you know what it was like? It was just like looking at Mount Sinai. And they see the fire and the shaking and the moving and the smoke and the loud sounds. And they're all of a sudden 120 in the day of Pentecost praying and all of a sudden they hear the loud sounds they start seeing fire on people they start hearing some things feeling the shaking of the holy ghost and god is saying this is what i had for mount sinai but now the day of pentecost can fully come that's the reason why you've been trying to get to some places but you can't there may be a commitment issue or you that these things that you have hasn't fully came yet because it hasn't fully come in our life acts 4 and 2 now they were all everyone say all, all. everybody that's everybody was filled with the holy ghost and they began to speak with other tongues as the spirit gave the utterance pentecost was fulfilled when God got into the people, that's what he wanted. God said, I, I, I'm thankful for the law, but I want it written on your hearts. I'm thankful for the things that are happening, but I want it in your heart. I want it in your spirit. And so now God comes in.
inside of somebody. Now they have an experience not talked about, but an experience received in their spirit. And that is where God wants to get everybody. It's not an experience talked about. Oh, I felt the Lord. Oh, I, I'm so thankful. And repentance is powerful. Repentance is God washing away all of our sins. And when we get baptized in Jesus' name, that's us getting buried with him. That's taking his name on. That's now we are in the family of God because I have his name applied to my life. That's what baptism is. It's getting in to the family of God. But then we have to be filled with his spirit. Have to be filled with that spirit. And when God came inside of people, it's on our heart now. It's on our mind. And for there to be some fully things coming in our lives. You've been wanting some things in your life, but it seems like you kind of reach for it and you fall back. And you're going for it, but then it, it doesn't fully, fully engage. Well, it's just, it's just simple. We need the more spirit of God. We need to pray more until we speak in tongues. We need to have the Holy Ghost in a powerful way. There's got to be things moving in us because like the people of God that were standing in front of Mount Sinai, there was a time to say, okay, I don't understand that's everything that's going on. I don't understand how a mountain can be shaking and moving and there are sounds louder and louder where there's no trumpets going. I don't understand this. We may not understand everything and have it lined together, but if it's a God thing, we should take a step forward and say, okay, I don't understand, but God, I just want, I'm fully committed to you. I'm fully committed to everything that you have for me. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Why don't we go ahead and stand? Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. I feel the presence of the Lord. I feel revelation and understanding happening. In Jesus' name. Why don't we go ahead and lift our hands for a moment? I got a little bit more, but I want us to lift our hands. God, I don't know what people are dealing with, I don't know what's happening in their life. God, I don't know what, what, what's keeping them back or what, what's hurt them in their life, but God, I do know that there is an answer. I do know that there is a deliverer out there. The answer to prayer is out there. Just take someone saying, I'm willing to commit to prayer about this situation. I'm willing to commit to everything I've got for this situation. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to pray again, but God is not an event that we talk about. God's wonderful. I love talking about God. But know what I love more than talking about God? I love experiencing God. I love getting into a prayer room, and it's not talking about the deep things of God. It's saying, God, I'm experiencing the deep things of God. That scripture says, deep crieth unto deep, calleth unto deep. It's, it's at that deep desire, God's deep desire pulling you deeper in his presence. I don't want to jest a God that I talk about with my mouth, but I don't know him with my spirit, my heart, my life. Uh, and as service went today in worship and singing and preaching, we felt the presence of the Lord coming to this place. We felt him in such a powerful way. And God wants to do something mighty. And when we feel that, it's important not to stay the same. When we feel the presence of the Lord, it's important not to just say, well, this is nice. This is what I always do. This is good. This, this, and it is good. The presence of the Lord has come. But it's nothing like when the Spirit of God fully comes, when the things are fully accomplished, when it's fully complete and so i'm asking all the church if we could why don't we come up front we're going to pray together if you if you can't physically able that's fine there's no pressure if you can just lean in with your spirit and engage but we're going to pray together god's here to fill and we fill everybody with the spirit of god he's here to touch everybody he's here to move in a powerful way and i i know that god has something powerful and if we would just reach out be sick enough to pray to God about it. Be tired enough to say, God, I'm sick of my issues. I'm sick of this thing always dealing with me. God, would you help me? Oh, yeah. He 
he's here. There's such a hunger in this place. One mind, one accord. Why don't we lift our hands, lift our voice, begin to lift our voice to the Lord. God, we're leaning in. God, we're leaning into the presence of the Lord. We're leaning into the power of the Lord. Yeah, that's it. Make up your mind. I'm fully committed. God, I'm choosing this day I serve you. I'm choosing this day my family's going to serve you. God, I'm choosing you this day, Lord. I'm walking deeper in your presence. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus name in Jesus name in Jesus name in Jesus name in Jesus name that's it go ahead and lift your voice let that cry come out don't worry about those around you don't worry about who's saying stuff around you Jesus I'm gonna give you everything God I'm gonna give you all all of me Lord that's it ministers go ahead and move go ahead and minister to one another Yes, I see the Holy Ghost ministering in such a powerful way. I see the Spirit of God coming in this place. He's touching us. He's here for you. Oh, Lord, every bit, God, I give to you. Every bit, God, I give to you. 100%, Lord. of his name. God, I want more. God, I want more. God, I want more. God, I want the plans that you have for me to be complete. God, I'm not satisfied with just getting by. I'm not satisfied with just a partial plan, a partial completed project of my life, a partial completed process. But God, complete the process. Complete the process. I will not withhold and if my sacrifice is less Thank you, Lord. giving you Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, I'm going to give you 